You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Wednesday edition. We got you again. Another victory Monday edition of Locked On Browns. We sat down with Mark Sessler yesterday. Got you guys a great episode there. If you haven't checked those out, by all means, make sure you do. We're still going to continue to work in some of your favorite guests, and it's gotten to the point now where you guys have a bunch. So with only five shows a week, I definitely got to manipulate sometimes. Um, so we're going to sit down today. We'll do some PFF talk with Mr. John Costco. But before we get to all of that, your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the people at Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL and supporting your community, one of the lovely young Costco's come running in. These local businesses, the softball team, the baseball team, the Pop Warner, whatever you need. So come on, the fine folks from Visa, John Costco from PA. How are we doing, buddy? I am doing great, man. How are you doing, Jeff? Uh, we're doing the best we can here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, slowly maybe the world getting back to where it wants to be. Um, and look, guys, it's just so simple. If if you want to get back to you can go back to start doing some things, but just still continue to be smart and safe about it. But enough on that. And uh, we'll leave that to the folks battling it out, uh, you know, for the rights uh, to live in Pennsylvania Avenue, so to speak. Um, we're going to do some offense first. Then we'll go to some defense as far as PFF and the Browns are concerned. We'll talk some Pittsburgh Steelers in the third segment. Um, but I'm going to tell you, folks, I have a feeling uh, Mr. Costco's going to be coming in just a tad bit hot and heavy today. Um, John, quarterback, Baker Mayfield, number six. Um, I believe you're going to have some things that Browns fans may not want to hear. Um, and it's I think it's from the general scope of, you know, the quarterback position. It, it needs to be 60 minutes. It needs to be a full picture. Um, you know, bits and pieces are great, but you need a full film, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to put um, games together, full games together, a clean, clean games of being able to read the defense, hitting the right receivers, um, playing within the rhythm and timing of the offense. And then when it's, you know, you get clean pockets, being able to deliver the football accurately. And, um, and you need to be able to do that for 60 minutes. You need to be able to do that not just for 60 minutes, but, you know, 60 minutes times 16 um, every single game. And obviously you're going to have bad games. But, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a long stretch of play for Baker now where his play has just been – I mean, just wildly inconsistent, um, you know, and he, he has the, we all know about what happened last year and, you know, we kind of like almost dismissed it. Um, but he, it's become a, I don't know if like what happened last year is now, you know, kind of like more of what, who, who he is rather than, you know, maybe the outlier. Um, and you, know, you can go back to, obviously he's been his rookie year. We graded up really well. 
even in college, he graded out really well, but maybe, maybe some of that was um, inflated by really crappy defenses uh, that you get, you get in the big 12. Um, and so when he, he has defenses that he can go up against that, that just flat out suck, he can light them up. Uh, but when he gets a good defense, it struggled. He struggled with it. And there's a lot of, a uh, lot of grades and, and stats and stuff like that, that I can point to. Um, and I could go on forever. So if you, uh, bear with me for one minute here. Um, it's the, the, at PFF, they're like one of the most important stats for a quarterback is their play when it's a clean pocket. It means that when you aren't pressured, things are going right from you in, in a pocket standpoint. You should be able to find the open receiver and deliver that ball accurately most of the time. Now, obviously, every, you know, you're talking about like a the best quarterbacks in the NFL grayed out in the, the mid nineties in this regard. So they're talk you're talking about um, you know, Tom, the Tom Brady's, even the Ryan Tannehill's that who are playing at a, at a very high level. Josh Allen's playing at an extremely high level right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, doesn't matter who it is. They're always in they're at 90 or above um, consistently there, you know, over, a, you know, you can have a bad game in right regard, but over a course of four games, over a course of eight games, you're consistently a, in that elite level of grading if you're going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Baker, this so far this year, from a clean pocket, is a 76.8. Last year, he was about the same. His rookie year, you take away the first five games of the season, he was a 77.7. So once teams got tape on him and what he was able to do, they stopped what he was able to do, and he he started grading out at in the mid to upper 70s. And that's where he's been ever since then. And that would sit there and rank 28th in the NFL during that time frame. That is not good enough. That is just not good enough. Um, and this year, and it's probably still too early to tell five games in you know, where the rest of this picture can go. And it's been weird because, and you know, it's not that, you know, and Coach Stefanski did try to put him on ins- on himself with, you know, it's, you know, I maybe, you know, maybe need to change the way you know, my, my play calling, et cetera, et cetera. Or it's the fact that they're more confident in the run game and they're getting in these positions where they're closing games out and they have the ability to do it with their running game. Um, but, you know, I, I totally agree with the point of what you're saying is, is you know, the defense has got the opportunity to see Baker Mayfield. They adjusted. We've never truly seen the Baker adjustment back. And there's always those one or two throws a week where you go, yikes. And, you know, um, and even the one with the interception, well, I mean, the would-be one interception, Xavier Rhodes, um, you know, which on most weeks, Xavier Rhodes is going to make that play. Um, but you look at it overall, though, and look, the team is having success right now. And But it is weird to go back to 2018 and think about, you know, there wasn't much, John, that he was really playing with. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, a Brashard Perriman, and yes, Rashard Higgins, um, granted Jarvis was part of that, but now – it seems that, you know, and, you know, I, I guess what you guys are saying from PFF is maybe it shows up a little bit more when it's better talent around him. And because these numbers should have no excuse but to go up at this point. Yes, I, I would say there's no excuse that the, the he should you should start seeing that progress. Like I get some early season struggles. I can I can excuse week one because it's the first game in this system, but I would, I, you know, he took that leap in, against the Bengals, the crappy defense though, right? 
So you're thinking, all right, maybe he's figuring out he had the one bad throw. But it looked like things, all right, maybe maybe they're going to all click. And then even since then, he's just it just hasn't it hasn't clicked for him, right? So um, you know, you, you look you look at his for the season, right? So that and it's you look at it from a clean pocket, right? Clean pocket, he was an 86.6 in that Bengals game. But then 65, 73, 73 since then. And these are they're in ideal game scripts here. That's not that they're behind and trying to the mount a comeback here. It's like you're talking about a perfect situation. You're talking about teams that you can run it. You don't. They don't know if you're going to run it or pass it because you're ahead. You're talking about an offensive line that's playing at an elite level, and it doesn't really kind of matter if you know if Chris Hubbard's in there. Chris yeah. Hubbard is having a career year this year. He's grading out in the in the low 80s. Which is uh, phenomenal. He's going to fool somebody again into a contract, is what Chris Hubbard's doing right now. Well, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, like, you couldn't ask for a better sixth offensive lineman for the for this offensive line just to come be able to be able to plug and play and play at at a very high level. Um, The weakest part of this offensive line is Wyatt Teller, uh, not Wyatt. Sorry, that's Wyatt Teller, but the rookie Jedrick Wills, who is still playing really well. He did give up a sack on 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 Sunday, but it was one of the few pressures he was actually beat on. Um, and, you know, it's gonna, he's a rookie. It's going to happen. But, I mean, for the most part, Baker's seen the most clean pockets he's seen in a long, long time. You, you And you, one of the things, too, is that you, in our grading system, you can, you know, we grade every player individually. One of the things you can do is you can look at the team as a whole. If you look at the team, the teams as a whole, the Browns' offense is, is third overall at an 84.7. But if you look at the other teams that are in the top seven, you've got the Seahawks, Packers, Rams, Bills, Vikings, and Cowboys. All those guys, all those teams have a, an, either an elite quarterback or a very good quarterback playing for them. The Browns are the only one with the passing grade under 70, under, heck, under 79, actually. Baker's at a 66.3. You eliminate the quarterback position from these teams from all the teams, to be honest, the Browns' offensive grade goes to number one, and they are number one by a, a margin that's un, unbelievable. They're at a 86-something. The next closest is at a 79. If you were if you were to go from oh. 79 to 20th is where the gap is in terms of the grade. So you got teams from 2 to 20 as that gap. So that's how much, how good the team is playing around Baker to be able to win these games. So he's got a, he's got a fantastic offense around him. The play caller that we, we have as, as of right now going into, well, as it was going into week four, uh, five, the best play caller in the NFL in Kevin Stefanski. So ideal game scripts, you take away that week one game and everything should be perfect for him. And he should be, we should be seeing that progress. We have not seen it yet. And another thing too, and I, you know, I talked about how maybe it was inflated. The college stuff was inflated, you know, potentially that we we had missed, you know, because we're all we always want to look go back and evaluate, right? So Baker against Big Twelve competition, when he was clean in the clean pocket, his grade was a ninety-seven point eight, astronomical, right? This is like you, you almost can't miss throws, basically throwing it at that that rate against all other Power Five teams in his career. And this, granted, is like you know, there's fewer than ten games, 
but it's a decent enough sample size where you're talking about like half a season in a college. He was at a 79.3. So you're talking about you take him out of that crappy Big 12 defenses and put him against Ohio State. You have Clemson in there. You have Georgia in there. You have Tennessee in there. He struggled. He, I mean, he, he came back down to kind of what he is in the NFL, an average quarterback that beats up on, on bad defenses and really struggles against good defenses. So, and folks, I've been telling you, and look, there's in as happy as you can be with four and one, but, and some of you are certainly off the deep end with your criticisms. Um, you can still see improved player from this improved quarterbacking play from Baker for this offense. We still have really yet to see this tight end positional group do what we think it is capable of. Um, so there's a lot here to possibly, you know, still keep climbing the mountain as far as that. Uh, John, before we get to the defensive side of the ball here, um, as you had mentioned, obviously most of the offense is playing, you know, well to extremely well. Um, give me a couple of names or, you know, just a couple of guys here that, you know, are probably really surprising you to this point with what they put together. I mean, we loved Wyatt Teller last year. We talked about what he was doing. I don't think anybody saw it going to this level, obviously, but you know, everybody seems to be stepping up and with Chedrick Wills um, guys, you know, everybody tried to tell you, even though he was drafted 10th overall, all he needed to be was the fifth best offensive lineman on this team. And it was still going to be a win. But go ahead, John. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, t- you obviously talked about the, the two, the biggest surprises, which is why Teller. So, um, number one overall guard in the NFL. He had the number one grade through four weeks in the PFF era of any guard. Damn. I mean, it, it, that's how good he's Quentin been. Quentin Nelson, been, anybody you want to go back Quentin to? Quentin Nelson, Evan Mathis, Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda, all those guys, better than them through four weeks. And so if he can maintain that level of play, like you've, you've got yourself, obviously you're, you're set at that, at that offensive line um, for, for a long time. So it's, it's a fantastic thing to see. He's obviously fun to watch, but um, I, you know, he's a guy that we liked coming out of college. He's a guy that um, we liked in, in his rookie year at Buffalo. He thought he had something to show. He showed it last year as well. Just, yeah, just never saw the, this type of leap from him uh, this quickly. Um, you know, Jack Conklin's been actually a really good surprise in terms of pass protection. He's been better than, than what I was expecting. I was expecting more of like, he's, he's at an 82.9 for his grade. I was expecting maybe mid to low seventies as he's kind of figuring out this offense and, and getting, you know, the feeling with, uh, familiar with, you know, Wyatt Teller on his left and just the play calling and, and, and whatnot, but he's been as advertised for that money. Um, but I think. And then, you know, you, t- you look at Dearness Johnson, how he's able to come in there for, for Nick Chubb. He was fantastic in, uh, you know, in, in week four to, to really kind of help that out. Um, and then Andy Janovic, I think something that probably is overlooked in everything that's been, been going on. Most certainly, uh, yes. He, he's been excellent at the fullback position. He's, he's number one graded fullback in the NFL. His pass blocking, he hasn't give up, given up anything. He's an 87 uh, and then his run blocking has been really good at a 69.1, which is um, there's room for improvement there, but it's still been excellent. And if, as a fullback, it's extremely hard to actually grade well because those guys are always at the point of attack. And if they make, they have one slip up they're they're giving up the tackle typically. So um, he's been, he's been uh, a very good addition for the Browns offense. And especially for how, you know, obviously they, they run it a ton and their, his, his ability to pass protect and run block. 
I still remember they in camp they did the one day where they had uh, Janovich uh, work on some individual you know pass blocking, and they ran like three guys at him. He stoned everybody, and they're like, "All right, we're good. We'll just take this on to the next thing. No need to reason to waste any more time here." Yeah, Andy's got this. We're gonna be fine with this. Um, so you know, just pleasant surprises all around, but it doesn't mean that there's not room for improvement. As obviously John just told you here, we'll continue to roll on here on your Wednesday lockdown Browns. With PFFs, John Costco. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi, um, I usually need a little caffeine kick. So for me, it's maybe, you know, right before kickoff or you know, right before we kick off, Lockdown Browns. Pepsi, always there for you. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com. Check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. John, the defensive side of the ball, and maybe this week after begging and pleading to see some reinforcements and seeing some of the younger guys. And technically, it wasn't for any other need than Carl Joseph wasn't able to play. And because Ronnie Harrison left the game, we got to see some guys we've been looking forward to seeing, and that showed out pretty well. Um, so some thoughts here on the defense. And, I mean, obviously we're not going to be remiss to not mention number 95. And it just – the thing is – and the thing with Miles Garrett – and, look, there's a, a tremendous amount of great pass rushers in this league – it just it's so easy the way he does it and it's not easy it, it's you know it's almost disrespectful to say but to watch him it, it literally looks like it, it, for him it's just it's just like an everyday occurrence and you are just seeing some of the freakish athletic things that are leading and causing to you know a, a bunch of turnovers even if he doesn't get home this is legit no doubt as long as this team, you know, has a record that coincides to getting an award of this nature, defensive player of the year type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got the number one pass rushing grade in the NFL at 91. Um, and it almost feels like it should be higher because um, he's just been <laughs> it's just that. that right? Almost, you know? It almost feels like you actually studied for the test and the teacher told you you got to – really? I only got a 91? I really, really thought I – Damn, I went the extra mile. Did I spell something wrong? Yeah, he and so he and um and Aaron Donald are, are kind of vying for the most pressures and, and sacks and stuff like that in the NFL. So Miles has six point five sacks, uh Aaron Donald has seven point five sacks. In our our uh, charting of that, we don't do half sacks, so we have Garrett for seven and and Donald for eight. Um, but they each have six hits and they each have twenty-one hurries. And Miles has has two extra beats uh, over over Aaron Donald in terms of seventeen versus fifteen there. Um, Jesus. So like they they are neck and neck in terms of what they are putting up on the field. Um, Aaron Donald's been a little bit more efficient on a per ra- uh, rush basis. He has ten fewer rushes, which so they're they're right there in terms of. Uh, but like Miles's rushes have been more more impactful than Aaron Donald's, I'd say, because with the, obviously with the forced fumbles and stuff like that. So his grade has gotten, gets a little bit boosted on that. So 
Uh, you're talking about a guy that's been basically defensive player of the year, almost like, you know, a decade straight or whatever, whatever long it's been. And, and Miles Garrett is um, playing at that level or slightly better. Um, if there's one thing that you could knock about him is that he needs to get better at run defense. His grade as a run defender is a 64.4, which is fine enough. And you're not asking him to be a, a dominant run defender, but if you want to nitpick a, uh, the play of somebody, that would be it for him. And, uh, but he's been, he's been obviously awesome. Um, and then you talk about the, the, the other younger guys that have been able to step up. You got, you look at a Ronnie Harrison who finally is getting his, got his snaps. Unfortunately, he got a concussion this past week, but his, he's, you know, and only a 62 snaps. It does have the third highest grade on the defense at a 73.3. Uh, Rochelle Jacredwine in his, in his couple of snaps that he had, 90, 91.1 coverage grade. Obviously Which is funny there, because we were talking about him in some really dark times as last season, regular season unfolded. And it kept saying, well, if you want to find somebody who's actually out there trying to get it done, it was Redwine because he was actually putting up good numbers as far under the PFF scope last year. Yeah, um, this is a guy, I don't understand what why he's been hasn't been on the field this year. And um, his grade last year was was a respectable sixty eight point four in coverage. And I, I know sixty eight doesn't sound great, but it's it's above average. That's an that's an average to an above average grade in our system. So if you're talking about what a what an average grade is, you're looking at about sixty five to seventy. Um, and you get you start getting below 65, you're getting below average. So he was at, at that average, just slightly above average level. Um, in a one game sample size so far this year, he's been he was excellent. Um, and Malcolm Smith has been a really good bright spot for this defense. Uh, at a 74 point, uh, 72.4 is a coverage grade of a 76. So if you can get uh, he's got great closing ability, whether it's actually in tackling or in coverage. He just closes so well on the football. Yeah, he's. I feel like his instincts are, are what have getting him there, and he he has he has a good understanding of what's going on. And I think that's the benefit of having veterans out on the field. You know, you talk about the the stretch of play, of you know play when the Browns were you know one in thirty one and everything, and they had tons of young players out there, and it's really difficult for young players to try to figure that type of stuff out without that veteran leadership and guidance that they can get. You got a guy like Malcolm Smith out there. He can show them in the classroom. Hey, this is how you're supposed to study for these games. This is what you, how, how you get into the right position so you can make these plays. It can only be a benefit for, you know, Taki Taki, Mac Wilson and Jacob Phillips to, to just to get better. And then, you know, the, those rookies are going to make some mistakes and you, you want them to make those mistakes and, you know, maybe out there for 19 snaps a game or whatever, rather than having constantly having mistakes playing 70 snaps a game. Um, one of the things where, like, you obviously the Browns have had a ton of of coverage busts this year. We we've seen them left and right yep. and and just getting shredded. If you take away those coverage busts, the Browns defense is actually playing really well. I think you have to give a lot of credit to Joe Woods uh, for just being able to, for the most part, keep these guys. And, you know, this ragtag group that's just really kind of depleted um, playing well. Um, so, you know, it's a, that is a good sign. And I think I think you only can you only can expect this defense to, to get better because of the, the coverage bust make it look worse. And it's only going to get better because I just do not force you just don't see it where teams just continually this bust on coverages. They, they at least figure it out. They get the communication down. They get the, the you know, all that the calls in properly. And, and they figure it out. So I, I think um, the better play from the, the Browns defense is, is on the way. 
um, you're going to see fewer of those coverage busts. And I know we, we continually see them, but it's, it's, it just does not happen in the NFL. I, you know, the, the data supports that and you can, the eye test supports that you, you, I remember, I remember, and I, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I remember a couple of years ago, the, the Patriots had a defense where they, they were constantly busting on coverage. You're like, what is wrong with the Patriots defense here? And it's like, they, they figured it out. And I think they, they won the Super Bowl that year. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> it does happen. Um, but yes, I mean, because we're getting to the point now and, and, and it's been difficult because we talked about it. And, you know, I remember when we talked over the summer sometimes and, and, you know, when we talked a little earlier in here, it's really, really hard to communicate with players that you're not familiar with getting run with. Um, so and this happens and it's been a revolving door and everybody wants to make Anderson Dejo the whipping boy. And I kind of get it. Um, but I'll be honest with you. You don't ask a 34 year old guy to be, you know, manning the middle of the field versus CD lamb, which wasn't his fault. Um, I get it. I get you guys want to beat up on him, but Andrew Sandejo was never brought in here to be playing 25 to 40 yards down the field, John. Um, and it, I go back to the screenplay. He blew up against the Cowboys, the forced fumble he created against the Cowboys against Ezekiel Elliott. This is the type of player. This is people are so just misconstruing it because of what the Browns are asking him to do. And it's probably because, no doubt, he is the most intelligent guy on the field with the most experience. But it doesn't mean he's suited to do it. Yeah, uh, and I think there's a was it last week, and so the the it was it was the first it was the first CD Lamb touchdown where it what that wasn't on him that yep. was on um, that was on Carl Joseph, and it looked like it was on on yep. Sandejo, but it wasn't. Um, and even Joe Woods con, uh, confirmed that in his in his uh, weekly press conference or whatever, it wasn't on him. Um, even this week, there was another one that there was one that was on him, but then there was another one that yes. was very similar that was not on him. So um, it's not as if he's, he's busting every single one of these. He's not. Um, and there's also many busts that are happening in, in the coverage underneath. There was a play in the last drive of the game where, where Rivers had a wide open, just a curl route over the middle of the field that nobody was covering on. Um, they had a, you could see it pre-snap that Terrence Mitchell was looking at, at Celtic Redwine. Hey, hey, what's the call here? What's the call here? Never got the never got that communication. One of the reasons, you know, maybe one of the reasons why Sheltrick Wedwine hasn't been seen so much uh, playing times. Because you wonder he, if it's a practice thing. I just, I just, I'm going to drop this in here. You wonder if it's a practice thing with Redwine and with Rashard Higgins. And look, I mean, John, you were a player. I was a player. You know, look, sometimes, sometimes guys just don't practice well. But if the team doesn't have the highest investment in you, that doesn't mean. Um, if you were a four star, it's okay that you suck at practice. If you're making 17 million, it's okay that you suck in practice. Um, for guys like Rashard Higgins, Sheldrick Redwine with not much invested in him, sometimes you don't get that luxury. Yeah, and, and it's it also just could it could be a practice thing. It could be a um he's slow they're slower to pick up certain things in the defense. Who knows, right? But um they they'll figure this out and um I, I don't I don't think it's going to be a big problem. And, and right, Sandejo was brought in here to be a a sub package safety, not an every down, mm-hmm. down safety. And, and when he is, free. <laughs> when, when you when he's able to play the limited amount of snaps, he can be an effective player. Look, we can look at it from this past weekend as well. Taki Taki has been had been up and down so far this season. Uh, week one, he I thought he was really good. 
Um, he was all over the field. He was best player on the field besides Miles Garrett, but yes. Right. So he he played well. Um, he's had some up and downs, especially in coverage the last couple of weeks. But this past game, they reduced his snap count to 15, and he had the best game of his career. He had an 82.5. His coverage rate was a 79.3. So that's another thing is if you're allowed to get these guys to play in these sub-package roles, maybe that's where they're best. You did, they're also figuring out, hey, what do these guys do best? And I love Taki Taki's ability and, and his upside. So uh, I think he can I think he can be special. Just limit these guys if you can. Well, and the thing with Taki Taki is, is he's also of the understanding of, hey, even if you're not sure, just kill somebody. And I think that's what makes him special because, uh, all right, as long as we're within five yards, yes, I, I, can, I, I can light the living daylights out of this guy. Absolutely, as long as we're within five yards. And I think with him, even his mistakes, you know, aggressive mistakes, um, and, you know, just find a way to be physical, which makes him an asset, but it also makes him to the point where you don't want to put him out there for, like you said, cutting his role. You put him out there for 45 reps, guess what? Those three, four um, you know, aggressive mistakes could lead to big instances, but where he's more confident in, you know, maybe what's going to come his way, you get a better, you know, get a better return of an investment from a Sione, Sione Taki Taki. We're going to talk a little Pittsburgh here um, with John Costco from PFF as we continue to roll on through on what is your Wednesday locked on Browns. The improved Bill Bar is even more delicious, sir. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors six new flavors green cherry garcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp some of your uh, favorites from the original menu raspberry german chocolate double chocolate and coconut and peanut butter brownie bars are 100 car i'm sorry are covered in 100 chocolate they are soft and they're easy to chew bill bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal while indulging in a delicious treat, bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile on the peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Go to BillBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame it on ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on, all caps, no space, and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to roman.com again slash locked on to get up to 50% off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com 
slash locked on. John, as the time, and I don't want to use this word, but we'll say shrinks away. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers coming up this week. Um, two fantastic pass rushers, a secondary that seems to be growing a little bit. Um, it always seems every year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, we talk about a new wide receiver in town. Big Ben back, a running game that doesn't be appear to be doing too much. John, some initial thoughts from the PFF lens on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you can block them up front, you should be able to have a field day with their secondary. But the problem is, is trying to block them because they get after the quarterback and almost 50% of their pass rushes, which is an insane number. So you're talking about they're at 47%. The next post is at 39%. So they are a magnitude better than second place and the rest of the league in terms of being able to get after the quarterback and pressure him. Uh, Brown's offensive line has the offensive line to be able to do that and give Baker time. Well, this is why you went out and did what you did. This is literally why you did this with the Pittsburgh Steelers in mind. Absolutely. And you you did it with the Ravens in mind because those are two, those two teams get after the quarterback at an elite level. The Ravens are are stepped down this year. Obviously have been, have some issues with, uh, you know, bringing in those guys to replace the Terrell Suggs of the world. But um, that secondary is isn't is like not even fair. But the Steelers don't have that type of secondary. They have they have a, they run a cover three fire zone match system and they run it. They that's that's what they do. They don't they don't they won't sub out their linebackers when they need to sub out their linebackers. And they'll and they'll they have a system that works because those guys up front can can get after the, the pass rusher and they have a lot of good stunts with those, those guys to be able to get them free. So if you can block them, uh, which I, I, you know, you got Bill Callahan and, and Kevin Stefanski dialing stuff up to be able to, to protect them. And with this offensive line, how well they played, I think you can do that. Um, and then uh, from an offense standpoint, like it's, you've got to be able to outscore this team because their, their offenses, Big Ben's not even playing all that well yet. Um, his grade is a 74.1, which is fine. But like, you know, coming back from an injury, he knows, he knows where to get the, put the ball, um, has a very good understanding of, of what defenses are doing. So you're not going to be able to really fool big Ben and and really any way, probably at all. Um, and then, uh, chase, you know, just, just when you're thinking, all right, we gotta, we gotta protect, uh, against Juju Smith Schuster. They got Deontay Johnson. Uh, let's let's stop the Ebron. running game. Let's stop Ebron, and then then they got this rookie in Chase Claypool, who uh, was a stud in, in Notre Dame, and you know naturally is the, the Steelers draft him, and he's an absolute stud there. And, and it wasn't even just on the yes, you know, on Sunday's game where he was good. Um, his grades in the first you know two games of the season, he had a ninety point two and an eighty nine point two, and then he had a ninety point zero in this last game. It's like he's he's putting up. Sure, he had he had lower snap counts in those, but he was making the most of when he was out in the field. And he's if he, he was out on the field, fifty two snaps, and that's when he can be devastating. And um, he's a big, strong, athletic guy that now has really figured out how to run routes as well. Um, that is is an absolute problem for defenses. So that this deep, you know, you're going to need Miles Garrett to be able to beat this offensive line um, and get after Big Ben to to basically 
get him to the ground and, and make him check it down and stuff like that. And John, now to save yourself here, obviously, as you brought a little fire early, John, Cleveland Browns are four and one. You love the Browns. You enjoy the Browns. Browns are four and one. Um, yeah, look, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not perfect. Rome certainly was not built in a day. But we're talking about a team that's four and one, one four in a row. And the most important thing of all of this, John, is whether it's four and one and one and four or one and four, this team looks like a normal NFL franchise. Like yes. how it's supposed to be done. And we talked about everything being uniform, whether it was the GM, whether it was the coach, whether it was Paul DePodesta, the way things are spoken, the players. John, this is the way it is supposed to be. It's not on a Tuesday, we got to watch the film. No, you were supposed to do that two days ago. It's not trying to put players under the bus. It's everybody and, you know, 53-man roster, coaching staff, front office. I mean, I don't care if it's the woman who puts on, you know, sets up the Keurig in the morning for everybody when they get in the building. Everybody needs to be on the same stinking page. And for the first time, and for me, at least three years, all of you folks who've been following this franchise for as long as you have, it's been a long damn time where everybody involved with the Cleveland Browns is on the same stinking page. Absolutely. And, and yes, I was I came hot and heavy on Baker, and I, it might seem like, man, we're four, you're four and one. Why are you complaining? It's like uh, it, it is absolutely awesome to – to be in this position um, where instead of thinking of being in one and four and trying to find the bright spots, it's now about there. We're saying, Hey, let's play case Keenum and maybe the record would be different for God's sakes. It's, it's, it's now, it's now in a situation where it's like, we have a, a very good football team and you can enjoy it, but then you can go, all right, how do we get better? So it's it's a situation like that, but it's fantastic. To it's almost like have. when you talk to your spouse and say, "I don't, I didn't like the shirt you wore <laughs> on Thursday." I mean, like I'm, it's just like I mean, yeah, like if you want a negative, sure, we can find one or two. But what the hell was everybody doing? Enjoy the damn thing. It's, it's just like my my wife made supper this this evening and and asked how it was, and it was very good. And I go, it, instead of saying it was very good, I said it could have used this. And she just gets mad at me. Of course she does, because I'm 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 not giving it praise when it was really good. That's exactly what it is, right? So it's it's you you need to you need to give praise where it praise needs it, uh, and then save it for the save criticism for you know time that up better, right? So I didn't time up my criticism properly at all. Uh, I was not organized in my uh, my criticism of her food. Uh, Kevin's fancy would have been disappointed, uh, but. <laughs> You know what it is, what it is. So, but that you know the, the thing about Kevin Stefanski is he is incredibly organized. He he was a guy that he he's the same person after the the bad loss to the Ravens as he is as as a big win, any of the wins. He is the same guy. He comes into work and he's not a guy that you you look on a sideline. He doesn't look like he's getting hot and heavy about some call that didn't go his way. He's on to the next play. Four four so, plays ago. Four plays ago, he's still not complaining about the call he didn't get four plays ago. He is on to the next one, 100%. Exactly. exactly. And he's he's always thinking about, all right, what are this deep, what is this defense doing to our offense and what can we do to exploit it? And he's not thinking about 
He's not thinking about the the phantom hold. He's not thinking about the potential de- de- defensive pass interference, whatever it might be. You know, move on from it, and it's 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 a oh, it's just a it's a, it's a refreshing change of what has been in in Berea for a very long time. And I think I think you can see it right off the bat. I think last year when we saw Freddie Kitchens in Week One, how it just did not look like a good product. Not only did it look like a good product, it was it was just tons of of penalties left and right. It just looked undisciplined. At least in Week One this year, it it looked like a disciplined product. They just went up against an absolute juggernaut in the, in the Ravens, and we've seen it the first four, you know, five games. They look like an NFL team and knows how to run the football, knows how to pass the football, knows how to uh, to just line up and be in the right positions, and have a team that's also disciplined in doing that. So it's it's a great, it's an absolute great thing, um, and I can't even imagine what would happen if. Fans are actually actually in the stands for some of these wins. Oh like, my god! At a, at a, to full capacity. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, yes, it truly would be, and it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame that we're in the spot that we're in as far as you know the whole COVID situation, because that place would be ab- rocking and probably absolutely deafening. Fans, your time will come. Trust me, your time will come. This product ain't going anywhere anytime. Soon, this ain't college. You ain't losing nobody anytime soon. You ain't losing a coach to go somewhere else. So just be happy, be patient. That time will come. It's always a pleasure we can get PFF's John Costco to roll on through here. Obviously, loves to talk about Browns. Bring some fantastic insight from the PFF scope. Make sure you're following at John Costco three. Follow the PFF uh, underscore Browns account. Uh, fantastic stuff, Browns related as far as you know the week in week out play of this franchise. The show itself at Locked On Browns, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, as you guys know, always here trying to you know be there for you guys as much as you all listen to the show. I'm trying to be there for you guys to return in spades. iTunes, Spotify, make sure you rate, review. I do appreciate that there. We'll continue with Steelers Week on Locked On Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>